This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Dan, so there's going to be chatter every day. It's fun. It can be exhausting. It can be uh, a lot to digest. You want to separate fact from fiction, speculation that is real, or some that's irresponsible. But the Bears, with the number one overall pick, the biggest question this week, I think, has been nationally, maybe even locally a little bit, would they dare take a quarterback? And I, I think it's been answered different ways I know how I feel, but have you heard that been the most constant refrain or or the most constant question asked? Hey, this was a topic uh, on the on the the crawl or the side of pardon the interruption this week. They were talking about the Bears and the number one pick and what to do with it, and and so yeah, it's been a, a heavy com- uh, topic of conversation. It's got some intriguing nuance to it. There's a lot of decision that is involved in even entertaining a discussion like that. But I think it's gonna it's gonna be three plus months of kind of watching this discussion evolve and flow in different directions and come back to the center and then go the other way. Uh, it's, it's fascinating because it, there's, there's certainly um, an obligation by Ryan Poles to consider everything because that's what you're paid to do in that chair. And you're paid to, to think boldly. You're paid to look at things from every single angle. And so now with a quarterback that you obviously like for a lot of different reasons, and then a prospect of what could we do if we used the number one pick on someone we might also like, more how do you balance those things and what do you what do you look at when you're making that decision i think i've been kind of clear about what i would do if i were ryan poles which is let 2023 play out with justin fields see where his developmental arc takes him and then come back next year at this time and figure out which direction you want to go but there's certainly no wrong answer to this and it's up to ryan poles to figure it out there's a lot of opinions and that's great that's part of the fun part of speculating about the draft but the take the north podcast will be the see it through guys we want them <laughs> to see it through i think that's a good way to put it with justin fields i don't recommend they take a quarterback at number one we're going to process all the people that do and all the people that don't and that's going to be an ongoing thing there are 15 weeks until the draft people so stick with us but today on thursday as we tape this jalen johnson went on the Spark Parkins and Spiegel show on 670 The Score. You can check out the replay of that on 670thescore.com on your Odyssey app if you want to hear it for yourself. But this was his quote. Jalen Johnson asked about the Bears taking a uh, quarterback with the number one overall selection. Quote, I almost feel like that's a waste of a draft pick. If you let me tell it, I just believe in Justin. In a sense, I don't feel like there's another quarterback in this draft that's better than Justin if you ask me. But I don't know. Maybe if somebody else believes there's a savior in this draft class at quarterback, hey, I'm all marbles in, all chips in on Justin. 
That's Jalen no, Johnson. Not just the chips, but the marbles too. So, <laughs> so, so, you're throwing the marbles, you know he means it. <laughs> so Jalen is also applying for seating in the uh, See It Through Club Lounge at the new Take the North Pod Stadium, right? So we've got we've got a lot of things coming together here in one podcast. I mean, I I don't think that, that, that that's surprising or wrong in any way. I think that just, Justin earned um, the confidence, belief, and trust of all those guys in the locker room this year with the way he goes about his business and certainly with the juice that he brought to a stadium when he made those big plays. Like, that's that's undeniable uh, elite-level NFL juice there. And so when you feel that as a player, of course you're going to be uh, supportive of that guy. You're going to have that guy's back. And so, uh, yeah, certainly within the building, I think there, there's going to be that sentiment pretty prevalent. Um, and then, you know, obviously, uh, again, we've talked about it. If Ryan Poles chose to go in a different direction, it might be the the boldest decision in Chicago sports uh, management history. Just a cross section of the type of opinions that we've gotten this week, just on being on on the air uh, every morning, five thirty to ten. So Mike Tannenbaum was mm-hmm. on uh, the Four Letter Network, ESPN. The former general manager said that he would trade Justin Fields and he would be willing to do that and move on to another quarterback. Dan Pompey, the Hall of Famer, who a uh, former colleague of ours at the Tribune now works for the Athletic, was on Thursday morning on the Mullane Hall show. And he said, don't be don't be guaranteed. Don't think that it's a guarantee that the, the Bears are going to find a trade partner for the number one overall pick. Teams as desperate as they might be yeah. for quarterback might be reluctant because of the quality of this draft class at the position. So I think you're going to continue to get those opinions. And, Dan, things will flesh out once they begin the workout phase, once you start to get maybe eyes on on the prospects and have a better idea of just exactly where they are. Well, if you rewind two years, if if you're the New York Giants, you're willing to go back to – you know, 20 on the draft board from 11. If you're at number one, you're probably not willing to go back to 20 with a quarterback needy team, right? And so there's going to be a spot on that draft board where, where Ryan Pohl says that we can't go further than that. Like we have to leave this draft with an immediate starter, right? With our first draft pick. And, and what level is that at? What, what, what level uh, does that kick in? And so that's part of the equation as well. It's not just finding a trade partner. It's finding a, a, a parameters to how far you're willing to go back. And so they're going to have to make all those decisions. Look, like May is going to be a fascinating time because we're going to be able to turn our lens backward and look at everything that has happened and look at it with a, oh, so that's all it turned up. Or, oh, holy cow, they got themselves a, an entire garage full of picks and resources to use for years to come. And, and so somewhere in there, there's going to be a, a really fun story to figure out. Well, the Bears somehow have to find a way, I think, to multiply and use that one pick to get several either first-round picks in the future or mid-round picks that matter or maybe go from first to second, and then second to fourth, or second to wherever. If they could do it twice, it'd be all the better. But the fact is, I think the percentages are higher that they will trade the pick than they won't as we sit here uh, in mid-January. But again, there's a lot to discuss. It should it should point out this, as everybody is doing their research, I'm sure it's been on ChicagoTribune.com, it's been in The Athletic, it's been on ChicagoBears.com. There have been five trades involving the top three picks in the past seven drafts. Five trades. I think that's that says that in, in, in the past seven drafts, five yeah. trades involving the top three picks tells you that the, if you have you know people w- willing to go up to get the right player that they feel like changes their franchise, 
they'll do it. Happened that goes that goes back to the golf wins draft. Is that right? The, yes, the, yes. Yeah. That was in 2016, right? That was yep. uh yep. the Titans traded down from number one to number 15 to the and Rams. The Browns, and the Browns traded with Philly in the Wentz trade. So that those were the two in 16. In 2017 was the Mitch Trubisky. Uh, what was yeah. that one again? I don't know about that one. Ryan Pace gets fleeced. <laughs> I think that was that uh, draft. 2018, the Colts traded down from three to six with the Jets. The Jets take Sam Darnold at three because they were compelled that he was their guy. And then 2021, the Dolphins trade down from three to 12 and uh, for the 49ers. And the 49ers move up again to get Trey Lance. So usually when these dr- big moves are made and five in the past seven drafts, it revolves a quarterback. And that doesn't go all the way back to RG3, which is one I reference a lot because that was one where everyone thought the Rams got this bounty of uh, of picks. And then ultimately, five years up the road, it was like, oh, all those guys were kind of shrug worthy and they didn't really turn into uh, franchise changing impact guys. So that's part of this equation as well. Two questions for you, I think. I just get your opinion. Again, we can flesh this out and maybe look deeper into it. Is there such a thing as draft inflation or is there a, a draft recession? I guess what I'm asking is, because of what other teams got in the last five years, does the price keep going up or does the price have a point of diminishing return for some teams just because, you know, the maybe the, the Browns got what they got in the Wentz trade or the Titans? D- does that apply to what the Bears are looking at this year with the teams they might be dealing with. Well, like some of it is what you mentioned a couple minutes ago. It's supply and demand, and it's it's how many teams are willing to take more than one guy. I think part of the flaw in Ryan Pace's uh, activity in 2017 is it was Mitch and, and only Mitch. He had convinced himself that he couldn't sit at number three and wait and settle for a, a Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. You know, if somebody took Mitch at two, he wasn't willing to do that. And so when you're not willing to do that, you you, you kind of are willing to pay more, which is why you spend an entire offseason trying to uh, – stay in deep cover on your interest in a quarterback. And then still on draft night, you get so itchy that you go up and trade a whole bunch of picks to move up one slot on the board. So like it's supply and demand. And it's just how in love with one specific guy are you that you can't live with the thought of settling for another guy, you know? And so that that's where it is like, like the bears in, in, um, you know, in 2021, what if Denver had taken Justin Fields at eight? Would they have felt compelled to come up from 20 to 11 for Mac Jones at that point? Don't know. You know, don't don't know at that point how desperate they were and, and, and where, where their stance was. So there's a lot of factors that that uh, that make it complicated to figure out. I reserve the right to change my mind because the workouts are what the workouts are. But I don't see one of these three quarterbacks, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud or Will Levis as being the kind of guys that you fall in love with head over heels if you're an executive, that you abandon all your good judgment just for the sake of getting one of those guys in your building. Now, desperation causes people to do a lot of different things. Uh, We are in a city and we do cover a team where Ryan Ryan Pace fell head over heels for Mitch Trubisky. So it can happen, but I don't see that being the case because I just don't see – one of those generational guys that, right. that looks like it's worth all of that. I'm with you. The only guy that comes close is Bryce Young. And and you hear from people that if you could just give him, you know, three inches of height and 40 pounds on his frame that you would, you would go all in on that guy, but he's so slight and he's so little. And there's so many questions on, on how uh, he'll be able to endure in the league with that kind of frame that it, it, it just, 
kind of lessens the value there. It's going to be fascinating. You know, it's going to, there's going to be ebbs and flows and fake leaks and real leaks and everything else over the next few months that create widespread speculation. It's all part of the NFL's grand plan to keep interest high for three and a half months until we get to uh, draft weekend. Last thing I have in terms of prospects, Brad Biggs on our show on Thursday morning reminded me that the Bears turned down the chance to be send their coaches and their coaching staff to the East-West Shrine game in Vegas. And that surprised me a little bit, Dan, because of how many um, how important this draft is to those coaches and how important this draft class is. I wanted to get your opinion because I know it's not the senior bowl where most of the top prospects go, but I just still think it's an opportunity. Heck, the Patriots and the Falcon staffs will be there. And my sense is if Bill Belichick thinks it's important, then I should think it's important. Why did the Bears turn it down? And what do you think of that? Well, it used to be that, that you know, this these coaching staffs would have gone to the senior bowl. The East-West Shrine game has taken on an elevated platform for the league here. And so that's why the, the those two coaching staffs will have an opportunity to do it. I think that, you know, the Bears were, were overseeing the senior bowl in 2017 they were one of the two coaching staffs there and there was some thought process there that it was really going to inform their draft process and i think they ended up only picking one guy out of that game in their draft class and i couldn't even tell you who it is off the top of my head so that tells you how much they actually gleaned from the process i think some of this was just a practical decision by ryan poles of understanding that this staff hit the ground running a year ago in january and has been grinding and grinding and grinding and there's a point where you just need to come up for air and you need to decompress a little bit and get away from it to keep your productivity levels high. I think they think they can do their scouting and their their intel gathering in a lot of different ways in the coming months with visits and pro days and everything else. And so they just chose to to take a week to exhale a little bit, which uh, we can all relate to <laughs> at this time of year. And so I think that's a general manager looking out for his guys a little bit. And I don't really have a, a strong objection to that decision. 